0: welcome to the elite level podcast i'm your host alex elaine and this is the podcast where we explore how elite level performers think act and operate as always if you're watching this on youtube i'd really appreciate if you could take a moment to hit that like button comment share and subscribe and if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star review that would be greatly appreciated lastly we recently released the elite level newsletter you can get access to that via elitelevel.co, that's elitelevel.co, to get a weekly update for the brightest minds in software sales. Now, with all of that said, we've got an absolutely fantastic guest here today, Eduardo. It's great to see you. Good to see you, Alex. Good to be here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on. So, Eduardo, for those out there who don't know much about you, yourself, and your background, give us a bit of a rundown of your career highlights.
1: Yeah, of course. So, actually, started my career nothing related to tech at all, or kind of sales either. I used to teach karate. That's how I paid for school. I used to have a, a dojo back in the day. There is where I got my chops. Actually, selling memberships. Now that I actually know about it, but back then I had no idea. Then I I moved to New York. I really wanted to be back in a city. I'm originally Venezuelan and grew up in Caracas, which is a big city. So I, I was kind of bored living in Florida. So I moved to to New York. Started working for Zocdoc, and there I got my first. You know taste of tech sales where i was an sdr to begin with typical 100 calls a day co-calling doctors and you know jumping gatekeepers left and right i did that for actually three months i wanted to get out of it as quickly as possible then i became a full cycle rep then uh, i went to account management for a little while then i took a few people started a startup ran that for about three years it was an app where you can uh, run your restaurant tab on your phone you can probably see a bunch of them now, but at that time it was a little bit early. And then, you know, the whole team ended up going to another startup. It was a Y Combinator startup. So all my go-to-market team went there and there I spent enough time to to vest and move to Monday where I am right now. For there, I managed their post sales team. So anything, revenue carrying account managers and the other half was implementation people. And then I moved to Monday, I actually got introduced to Monday by needing to find a tool to manage my team at the time. You know, every sales team uses something, you know, similar to Salesforce. We had Salesforce at the time, but all my reporting needed to be a little bit more complex because I had projects tied together with my pipeline. So I got introduced to Monday at the time and loved the product. We were called the Pulse back then. And I started getting to know the Monday team. Long story short, I was about to move to San Francisco to work for Venture Capital. I was super excited about it. Got to meet the Monday team and fell in love with the people. Like nobody had fancy titles, but everybody was sharp as hell. At that time, we were a Series C company, I believe. And that's been four years, man. I still love Monday. An IPO later and a bunch of teams later, I'm I'm still in it. So still love it. I manage our solutions engineering team for North America. I've been doing that for, for about two years and still loving it, man. That's incredible. I, I love the
0: story. I can't wait to unpack everything from starting out hating being an SDR all the way through to <laughs> Monday.com and having a daily smile on your face so I, I do want to start with the earliest stages there Eduardo because it really stood out in my mind where you said I started as an SDR I hated it right I, I just I, I've got to ask the question wh- why did you hate it I mean why did you start it and why did you end up hating it
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love the sales part of it, but I, I was a bit frustrated of not taking it through all the way to what I wanted to get to. Always been, I I feel like I've been, you can divide sales reps into two camps, in my opinion. One would be relationship builder first, and the other one would be problem solving first. I see myself a little bit more on the second camp. Keep in mind, a good sales rep needs to do both. You know, you kind of lean one way or another. And when it came to SDRs, like I, I found myself trying to solve problems about how to get people to take more meetings versus more people buying right so essentially my my whole purpose as soon as i started taking calls was how do i do this as effectively as possible so i don't have to do this anymore right so the typical model was learn the script this is how you're doing this is your territory go for it you need to do 100 calls a day you know three meetings a day minimum you know the top reps were doing you know five meetings you know six meetings a day on average so i was like well i i want to be a top uh, sdr not to be an sdr forever but to go into a full sell cycle as soon as possible. So that's what I did. I started doing things that maybe, you know, the company wasn't likely at the time. Like I started doing, you know, scraping emails around the internet, then making email lists, sending out. So I was my own marketing for a little bit because what what I believe was hardest for me was, you know, picking up the phone and, and not having directly a decision maker is, Trying to get through the gatekeeper by being honest, it's very hard. So, in my experience, what I try to do is, is: how do I contact more people to find the the diamonds in the rough versus trying to bulldoze over everybody that I got on the phone at that time? And keep in on Zocdoc is for some context, they are a marketplace of doctors and dentists and healthcare practitioners in general. It's very similar to, to Expedia. You can go in, find whatever you want, book an appointment, and go see the doctor. And you know, Zocdoc is an amazing tool, like it, like NPS for clients is through the roof but obviously the experience with the providers is that we need you to get on the platform so people can book you so so again like for me sdr was you know i needed to learn it i need to perfect it because obviously at you know at a full cycle that's a very big part of your role but to me it was how do i get to full cycle less than how am i the best sdr in the world just for the sake of being the best sdr in the world you know
0: yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I'm fascinated always by people's stories as being an SDR because the consistent thing I hear is that it's tough. The second strand though is the the learnings that can often come from that role can yep. set you up for a sustainable, long-term, enduring career. And I know back when I was, we called it really a BDR, back yeah. when I was doing it, the, the lessons that I've taken from that role are still a core tenant as but behind my success today, right? The, the persistence, 100%. the being able to fight back from rejection, continuing to drive forward. I'd love for you to summarize your own lessons from that
1: experience back then, Eduardo. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think nobody stops being an SDR. That's that's the one thing that I learned. Not necessarily after I got promoted, but but today you are an SDR always. That's that's the one thing that that I didn't know at the time. And, and the reason is when you think about an SDR, like what they need to do is is making sure that you know you understand the funnel top to bottom. Because even though you're responsible for the top part of the funnel, you're generating your pipeline for the future, and that's something that never stops. It doesn't matter even if you're an inbound team. That grid and that like not letting go of what's good never stops. In fact, like particularly at Monday, you know we're very lucky that we have a, a very big inbound funnel, right? So we get leads assigned to us today. I don't have, we don't have to scrub leads from random lists, but the same behaviors are what make the, the top reps top reps is you know, taking the extra time to do a direct call, taking the extra time to look at different stakeholders within the company that might relate to each other, understanding there is context within the company that you're talking to, regardless whether it's inbound or outbound. Can't even imagine how many times I, I speak with, especially when I'm helping friends that are in other companies that are trying to build their, their new teams. The first thing that I see is that people don't have context to the customers they're talking to. One question that people never ask themselves is, what is your customer, let's say is B2B environment, what does your customer do? Like, how do they make money? Uh, if you don't even know how they make money, you, know, you good luck trying to gain the help. So I get the, the pain that, that the customer has. So in the SDR world, like you have to think a lot about what is it, what is it you're going to be talking about with a customer to gain their interest to take a meeting, period. And that research of gaining context of the customer who you're talking to is something that I take on to today. Like it, it doesn't stop. And I do it even for, you know, executive meetings with you know, big banks in America to you know the smaller use cases for for a small team in and a random company, you know. Yeah, That's I think I
0: the, the, the research part, it's really important. It it comes under planning and preparation ultimately in many regards. Yeah. And you know, the saying you, you fail to plan, then you plan to fail is something that I was once <laughs> taught early early in my career. So let let's fast forward slightly here now, Eduardo, because your background is really fascinating because of this blend of being in in sales roles and then. Operator roles, in essence, you know, having your own things going on, and then we're, we're going to come on to your your time at monday.com because there's a lot of fascinating parts about that. But talk to us about your your time as a full cycle rep, and 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 those that period of time for you. What was it like when you actually took the first step uh, post being an SDR? Because you've been very clear that really what you wanted was to be full cycle.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, at the time that I got to to be full cycle, it gave me a territory. That was challenging to say the least it's called allentown pa you know probably for you guys in the uk have no idea where it is that's the point it's there were not that many computers in that territory just to to be to be frank it's a it's a big amish town in pennsylvania here so i had to not only do what i did on the sdrs i had to do a 10x because i didn't have the many opportunities to work with so my experience there was just to get started it was to make sure that i have enough pipeline to survive right to survive my ramp up and once i got those opportunities I won't let go. So there's two aspects when it comes to full cycle that I think were important for me to understand at the beginning. One of them is that, you know, deals can close immediately or it can take a long time and you need to prioritize that. A lot of the times when when you don't have that many deals up, you lose the superpower of saying no and taking a bad deal. Like you want to be able to say no if the deal is not good. So... That was number one thing that I needed to focus on is building enough pipeline so that I gained that superpower of not bending towards a request that wasn't reasonable because otherwise you you you're not able to to get the deals that you want, right? The the larger deal sizes, the the large the amounts that I needed because I didn't have enough quantity at the time to to hit goals if I didn't optimize for getting the largest deals that I could. So I survived ramp. Of course, the the sockback days, there was a lot of attrition on our team. It was a typical culture of, you know, sink or swim in the company. So I survived that. Then I moved to new markets, which is, it was as difficult, but there was nothing more hilarious than calling Hawaii and saying, Aloha, this is Eddie. I'm looking for Dr. Blah. I love that part. And and in that area, same skill set, right? I want to make sure that I had enough pipeline so that I can have enough leverage to speak with people and not take, you know, a deal out of desperation or not offering discounts out of desperation. You know, it comes through when you're passionate already. That's part of it. But when you get passionate and confident, it's it takes you to a different level. So that, that's what I learned, like being full cycle for the first time. Now, when I moved to Monday, actually there were no, there was no management at Monday when I started in the US. Was employee number six, I think, in the U.S. We were about under a hundred employees of Monday at the time. So I took an icy role. I love Monday. Like the product made a lot of sense for me when I saw the database. I was like, I can sell this in my sleep. Let's go. It was the same scenario, right? It's make sure you have enough grid to build enough pipelines so that you can control your destiny. You know, I'm a big fan of writing down like who are going to be the people that are going to sign up for me this month. So I had a list like Arya Stark. You know the the Arya Stark list from Game of Thrones. And then I'll write my 10 people that I wanted to sign up this month. And my goal was to, you know, go down the list and I got everybody that I wanted from all the opportunities. But, but that for me to have that list, I need to have a lot of more things behind me. So, so anyway.
0: Makes a ton of sense. Eduardo, some of the things that stood out for me in what you just described is you you speak about grit, you speak about confidence, you 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 know infer tenacity. Some of these really important traits, which have clearly helped you to unlock a, a great career. How much of that is just in Eduardo? How much of that is just innate in you as a person versus how much of that did you train, right? Did you go out there and actively say, I need to become exceptional in these areas and I'm going to seek that out. I'm going to find a way to get better. Just unpack that for us.
1: I mean, I think a lot of it is, is myself, but I also can tell that by by hiring teams. So, so my, my job since a bit of Monday has been to create teams. So after I became IC and started managing, I started to hire for teams like the one I had and then other teams later. And, and that's something that you find in people like that grid, like that background that that had some adversity and you've seen them jump over adversity is something that I don't necessarily think it's in me because I was born that way, but it's definitely my experiences that have made me have that skill set behind me. I mean being an immigrant of course uh, to the states makes a makes a difference Having a big accent and calling Allentown was a big difference. I've told this of course to my friends but w- w- and people at talked about, but when I got into Allentown, I changed my name to Edward Harrison and I spoke very slowly and I try to keep things, you know, very slow. So my accent didn't show up that much. Uh, Harrison is my wife's maiden name. Anyway, I wouldn't just pick a random name for the sake of it, but, but anyway, like you have to mold yourself into the situation you're in, but it comes from having an experience, having to go through adversity. And, like I think in particular grid is something that comes from experience, not trained specifically, unless you're, you know, in the military, where it's trained and still into you in an artificial way, so you get ready for you know much harder things than than what I do in the day to day. But in general, like I think that's something that came before I even started sales. But the passion is something that that comes from the company you're with and the people you're surrounded with, and that comes across anywhere. So if, if you have a, it's not only having a good product, but if you have if you can rally behind a company that that has good good beliefs, good values, and and the product is something that they resonate with, then that passion comes as well. But there's a lot of it that it's baked into us because of our backgrounds, you know? Yeah,
0: I, I completely agree. I, I often talk to a lot of those characteristics as the unteachable characteristics. But I say yeah. that what you can do is is ignite or help someone unlock those characteristics in themselves. Everyone's got a lot of this tucked up away inside them, right? Some mm. people have it on show 24-7 and others it's, it's buried. <laughs> And it just needs someone with a shovel to just help them dig a little bit deeper to realize it. So I just think it's great how that's been so central to your story so far. I want to talk now about your your run at monday.com. This seems to be where you spend probably the the majority of of, of time of your career. I want to pre-frame this with, you know, I've become a user of monday.com. I've been using the the platform for a period of time now, enjoying the experience. Actually, I, I always had access to it. I hadn't probably spent as much time in it as I should have, but certainly in the run up to to having this conversation, spent more and more time and Mm -hmm. find how helpful it's been in terms of driving more productivity for me as a sales leader, which has been really great. The thing I'd love to understand from you though, is that when you joined the business, you were one of the first employees. So as with probably almost any tech company, at the beginning, you can have a great product, but it's early, right? It's going to need yeah. improvement. It's going to need to involve. So what did you see in the company? What did you see in the technology that gave you the conviction in the journey that could be ahead?
1: There's two parts. In a way, you have to put yourself the hat of you know the coworker and the hat of the investor to kind of gauge that in the yeah the coworker part what how I mentioned later earlier the, the people that i got to meet at monday were were just incredible they were and keep in mind like there's i've worked with incredible people before so it's not like that was the case but at the time where i got introduced to monday i was interviewing with to do exactly the same job i had before a, a big vc firm that acquired a bunch of companies and they wanted to start a go to market team so all the people that were interviewing were you know ex head of whatever from you know top tier tech company in the valley and all my interviews were, you know, how in San Francisco, its there's a lot of steep hills. And they will make me they'll do walk-in talks, walk-in interviews. And then I will walk up. They were asking the questions. And I was gassed out answering everything. And every time we will go downhill, they will <laughs> then answer the questions. So that was the experience I had in, in, in Silicon Valley at that specific time. Then I met the Monday people nobody had a, a fancy title, nobody had a like anything other than hey, we want to build this massive thing. We believe we're going to be the next Microsoft. We believe we're going to be the next Google. And that was infectious. So because at the end of the day like the the team itself needs to pivot a gazillion times before you find something good. And we always talk about this in the zero to one context. like how do we find product market fit to get into the, the rocket? In fact, that's not how it works. Like it, it happens all the time. There's a product market fit for a specific thing, and then you do it again and again and again and again. And there's no escape velocity that's just natural. Like there's the people changing and 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 getting new new challenges in front of them and and pivoting and learning something new. So the people was the number one thing for me to to kind of gauge this. Keep in mind I'm also not related at all to Israel Tech until I uh, joined Monday. So it was also my first time getting exposed to the culture. And I love the the directness of them. I love the how smart they are and how much tech is involved in in their culture, particularly in Tel Aviv. So I love that. Then on the business side and more, more on the product side, keep in mind at that point, we were a task manager. We were very similar to Asana at that point. In fact, when I was trying to buy a tool for my team, I looked at Asana and, and Monday at that time because they they could both you know do similar things. But what made me kind of open my mind around Monday and why it could be a very big thing was their building block concept. So uh, essentially... Let's say, you know, right now you're experiencing it because you're using Monday. A lot of the times when people want to manage work, they think about project management. But in reality, most of us are not project managers, not by, you know, training nor by function. So let's pretend that you and I have. Let's say you know those tiny houses from Instagram that are on wheels that are, got super famous a couple of years ago. I think I've seen. The, yeah. I think I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little houses that they build on trailers, and that was a big thing a couple of years ago. So let's pretend you and I have a company that does that. You're an architect. I'm a I'm a head builder. Great. You're gonna give me a, a task list. You're gonna say, Hey, you're gonna do first the foundation, then you're gonna do the walls. You're gonna do blah blah. blah. For me to go in and click check on that that specific task, I need to go and find out. Do I have trailers already? If I don't, I'm not going to put my credit card and purchase it. I'm going to tell procurement, hey, I need to get a trailer for, for this houses. And I'm not doing one house, I'm doing 20 houses. So, you know, do we have inventory? If not, great. Then we purchase something. That procurement team needs to have a vendor CRM. And that vendor CRM, uh, you might have previous quotes you had in the past, so you can purchase something cheaper, et cetera. And then once they decide to purchase, then it goes to accounts payable. So all these things happen outside of the project management side of things. Now, even at that time, I saw that Monday was not focusing on making the most, you know, to the T project management tool based on PMI or a book methodology. They were trying to make the building blocks for you to manage anything, which means I can manage the project with the timelines and the Gantt charts and whatever. But then I can also manage all the things that happen today and emails and spreadsheets. Like that's a universal language in, anything from like you and I using it for our own projects or our businesses or you know Bank of America in their day to day. It's insane. So that's when it opened my eyes. And of course, as a salesperson, I looked into our database called Big Brain. I looked at Big Brain and I saw all the trials that come out every day. And and not only you can see the trials, but you can also see how many people are in those trials. It was it's still a mine of opportunity as a salesperson, and keep in mind coming from having my own startup and having to scrape those leads myself, or even before that at Zocdoc, having to go on Yelp and find who was the chiropractor in whatever city. To me, it was a dream, so it was a, it was an easy step for me to to say Monday Monday special. Now, I did not know that we'll be who we are right now. I had no idea we we're gonna go public at the time that I joined, but it was definitely a good ride at that point. I'm sure you, you certainly wouldn't complain, right? It's been an
0: incredible no. growth story. There's no no doubt about that. And through everything that you just spoke about there, Eduardo, the, the little houses and everything in between, the, the core of what I really took away, the essence is just the importance of exceptionally talented people and great people, right? That seems to be so core to one, you having a great experience, but two, you being able to buy into the vision of the company, because without having a really talented people, people that want to run at something that's purposeful and invigorating and, and, and could set the world alight in a certain capacity, mm-hmm. nothing would have really happened. So that, that was mm-hmm. almost my big takeaway in that regard. One thing I'd love you to do Eduardo is is to actually bring your role to life a little bit more. We got to speak off camera a little bit more about what it is that you've been doing over recent years and it is fascinating actually the type of role that you're now playing for the business and I think it's something that is important for listeners to 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 think about being problem solvers in a way within their company. So please just bring your role to life in the last few years.
1: Yeah, of course. It, it actually started Probably like two months into joining Monday, when I got this question for the first time, which was head of sales, Yoni Oshirov, he asked me, Eduardo, like, what do you want to do? You're obviously doing well. You're already on top of the board, just started. Like, what do you want to do? I was like, listen, Yoni, like, my role does not exist today. I'm not going to ask for it. Don't worry about me. I'll do me. I'll, I'll keep putting my numbers. And whenever something happens, we'll find something to do now that at the time was a bad thing to say because what he was expecting is for me to say hey i want to be the next manager of this team i'll take whatever but that was me and that's always the way i've been thinking about it so when the time came and after my my first year I, I did a little bit less than a year before i got my team my first team my role has been to hire new team members start a new team train them making sure that they know them on their way and they know like how to navigate our sales process which is it's a little bit unique because we don't have a uh, one singular ICP, or we don't have like three ICP, we have hundreds because anybody can use Monday and they can use it for very different things. So uh, it's very important for for us to understand a lot of different workflows to be effective at Monday. So our VP of sales, Jameson at the time, uh, he's you know still head of sales of North America, of course. He told me, hey, you did it well with your first team. I, my first team became a, a top team at the time. It's like, do you want to do this again? I was like, sure, uh, why not? And internally, I was like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) I just built this team. I spent all this time. I gave my heart. They are now top of the board. Now let's start again. Like, that sounds hard, but I loved it. Uh, I love that experience. So I did it again. I hired another mid-market team. And then that's where it became clear that that was going to be my role. It's whenever we need to make something new, you know, Eduardo is going to build that team. Of course, now that we're much larger, it's not just me. But at that time, we started to build the SMB team. Uh, which we never had. So companies under hundred employees. Now there's a team that, that I started after my second mid market team. Uh, that team is now three teams in, four going to four this year. So I manage the teams, hire the managers, promote it from within, train the managers, et cetera. And now my my new role is is to manage the solutions engineering team, which is new, you know, in quotation marks, because I've been doing this for for two and two and a half years or, or so. That's when we started the team. And the sales engineering team is essentially how do we support our enterprise initiatives? So obviously enterprise sales is very different. The reps that we hire are very different than an SMB rep. We also don't have enough time in at-bats to, to get to the same level. So you need a, a different type of role for that sales cycle. So that's the next team that, I'm, that I've been doing. So I've in total, I have managed seven teams a Monday. So far, I'm building number eight right now. And that's my role right now. So it's always been sales, managing salespeople, quota carrying, et cetera. But yeah. with a little bit of the engineering side, because I learned how to code and when I had my startup. So it's always helped me be a little bit deeper in, in the tech side of things.
0: It's a, it's a really fascinating one because I, I often talk about the importance of being adaptable, certainly within the tech ecosystem and in SaaS sales and, and beyond. And I think if, if I had to put someone's name next to the definition of adaptable. I think it's got to be you, Eduardo, because I mean, you're you're consistently having to change, adapt, pivot, and, and you are a problem solver. And I think that's the message that I think is really important for people to, to lean in on, is that when you can be the person in any company that, that can see gaps, challenges, opportunities to fix something, opportunities to add tremendous value to a particular area... You you build an incredible amount of internal value and stock for yourself. And you become someone that's just extremely credible, needed, and necessary for a business. And, you know, while we're in this this climate where things are difficult, I think it's more important than ever that people continue to build their internal stock so that they can be of extreme value to, to their companies and their employees and just continue to empower people. So that's the aspect I love about the way that you've architected your career
1: and Alex not to not, not to stop you but I've only been able to do this because my leadership has been able to empower me as well right so I wouldn't see myself doing something like this if if you know if Jameson and, and Yoni and and even our CEOs were like yeah that doesn't make sense I've never seen it before but let's try it you know results obviously later on speak for themselves but and you also need to have guts as a leader to give you know people's strengths a platform you know
0: yeah, I'm. I'm glad you called that out because it's an important one. It so they say it takes two to tango. But I think for the listeners, I, I often talk a lot about just the concept of extreme ownership and focusing on what is within your sphere of control. And the bit that's within your sphere is creating a, an environment within yourself that puts you in a position where you're primed for opportunities you're absolutely right eduardo that calling out the leaders that are giving these opportunities is so important but it starts with self right you've yeah. got- you've got to put yourself in a position where you are that person, make yourself undeniable. And then the, the, the world is your, your oyster. A, A few other things I want to touch on with you. One of them is really your driving factors, Eduardo, because again, we've spoken about you pivoting and taking on all of these different challenges. When you wake up first thing in the morning, what is it that's going through your mind? That's making you get up and say, let's go do this thing again.
1: Oh my daughter wakes me up every morning, so I have no shot to, to even <laughs> think about it. But I have a two-year-old and she always wakes me up. No, but in 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 to your point, what my favorite thing about my role right now, and I've tried to have the same uh, even, even beforehand, when you start as a sales rep, you think about I wanna be top of the board. Like I wanna be the best, you know, AE or AM. Then when you're there, there's two options. You can want to keep doing that because it's a very great job. Actually, being an IC is, is amazing. I actually love the, the control of, of being your own. You dictate your own performance in a way. But once you become a manager, the first time I did it was I wanted to have the first team, the best team. But what wakes me up today, makes me excited, is how many other superstars that have been on my teams I can make moving forward. I mean the best example, of course, is and I don't think that I made him a superstar. I think he was before. His name is Diego. He he now manages one of our SMB teams. Top rep, that was amazing. Best rep ever, actually. We we haven't had a rep uh, as amazing as him. Like two hundred percent to go. Unbelievable. He's great at at everything. on Monday, he became a manager. The first thing he told I told him is like, listen, like your job now is to make, you know, if you can make five Diegos, that's that's the game. So. That was as a manager. Now I'm thinking, how do I make five Diegos now manager-wise? And how can those five Diegos managers can make five Diegos reps? That's a multiplier. That's what makes me excited. So and in a way, like that's not purely in my control either. So I get to have a say hiring. I get to have a say training them. There's a lot of other things that, that, that you need to try to help out. You need to help out your other managers. So the culture has a lot of transparency and a lot of you know passion for what we're doing. You need to try to encourage you know, above, you to have the right tool set, to have the right culture, et cetera. It's a more complex thing to to tackle, but that's what makes me excited because it's a lot of little problems that need to be solved to make it happen. That's what I love right now. And yeah. and when you see that, it's amazing. The, the growth and yeah, it's, it's almost like you
0: start to see all of the pieces of the puzzle coming together and it creates a masterpiece over time. When you start to then look ahead, Eduardo, and, and whether you want to talk about this through a, a personal lens, a professional lens, take it as you as you will. I'd love to know kind of what you feel you're working towards in your own mind, right? Do you see the concept of an end state in what you're trying to achieve in some capacity? Or is this really just continuing to take a step forward every single day and, and being open to where this journey eventually leads you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think right now, in my career my role is, is about empire building like i've seen monday going from from one to ten right it's it's been amazing now we are at that period where, where we're a public company where we're looking to go from from 10 to 100 and i'm not talking about ARR. i'm talking figure, figuratively you can see our numbers uh, they're public now but i've seen monday go from you know 20 million in arr to to where we are right now which is you know the last public number I think we had is, is about 450 million error. It's insane. The the growth has been crazy. But what excites me right now is to get us to to a billion. And once we get to a billion, like we're a different company and, and we'll have new challenges ahead. So I'm still in a in a space right now, career wise, that that I like the empire building side of things. Like I want to see Monday through being a household name not only where we are which we are already but but across the world like that, that's what makes it interesting for me right now I can tell you last last month I went to Tel Aviv for a leadership offsite there's nothing more crazy than seeing Monday's tower we have their logo on top of the tower you can see it from most of Tel Aviv that's crazy like to me because yeah. when the first time I went like we were a tiny office somewhere and we had a tiny office here in New York so so that is still a driving passion for me now in the future I'm sure I'll take an operator role again. At some point, there's only so many so many things you can do and probably I'll pick one. But, but yeah, for now, like that's my number one driving factor. And I would say that's a five-year journey at least to see it through.
0: Can't wait to see the story unfold, Eduardo. On that note, I've got one final question for you. Sure. And that is really, if you were talking to that person out there, Eduardo, who wants to go from good to elite level in their career, what would your best piece or pieces of advice be for that
1: person? I mean, I think uh, I'll give you one tactical and one like high level. I think the tactical, we, we touched about it a little bit before. I think preparation is something that a, a good rep, you notice that... Uh, I'll backtrack a little bit. Me as a rep at the beginning, I thought that I could just wing it. You know, I feel myself. I'm smart. I know the product well. I can just wing everything. But then you start realizing that you're uh, at some point, you're, all your demos sound the same. And that's because you're organically creating... A methodology. Now, if I were to do it again, I would make the methodology and iterate on the methodology and be methodical about it. You know, so that would be the, the one thing is that you need to have always a methodology. But whatever you're doing, kind of like putting a, an engineer's hat on. If you're if you're amazing at it, you want to know what the objectives are going to be. You don't want to go in and not know what the objectives are going to be. And for that, you need and a very standard methodology. Would be you know having enough preparation for every single call having enough time to to be able to create your list having enough time and in a process to run your demos and having a process to do your follow-ups that would be like the skeleton of everything you need to do obviously it's different depending on the company but but I know for a fact top reps here at Monday and everybody I've seen have had a methodology and the more methodical you are about your sales process the better so that's a tactical one if you want to be a lead like there's no other way like you need to know exactly what's going to happen when you're on a call and the second one is more high level. Don't forget that you have a network like there is a network of, of colleagues that you're working with today. These are the people that are going to take you to the next level. And next, not only the next jobs, but the next opportunities in general, you know, being conscious about, you know, who you're working with and making sure you take care of them as well as you like them to take care of you. It goes a very long way. I can tell you how many people I brought to Monday because they were amazing at a company before knowing that the sales is not the same. But I knew that they they had the grid. I knew they could figure it out. And I, I got to know them and they were they got to help me when I needed them. And I got to help them when they needed. it. So don't stop building that area. The network, it doesn't have to be like, hey, I need to go to mixers to meet with people. It can be as simple as, you know, the people are currently at your job. Like, they, if they think of you as somebody that's, that's trustworthy and can make things happen, you know, they'll put the word out. Everybody knows each other in tech sales in New York. Same thing in San Francisco. I'm assuming it's the same thing in the UK think word goes out. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. Mic drop moment right there,
0: Eduardo. So appreciate (laughs) you sharing your wisdom. What's the best way for people to find you
1: Monday and get in touch if they're interested? Sure. I mean, Monday, monday monday.com, there's automatic trial that you can do with a big blue button in the middle of the website that says get started. It's a 14 day trial. It gives you access to all of our features. Uh, if you do want to speak uh, with anybody from our sales team, there's a little contact sales button. Uh, you get people just like me uh, picking up and helping you with demos and uh, structuring your boards at the beginning so you can test it out with real data and real workflows. If you want to reach out to me directly, my email is Eduardo at Monday. Super simple. And I'm happy to help with, with anything you need. And even if it's not myself alone, I'll have a team that can help out too. So, but I, I like to go on demos myself, as you can probably tell. I really like to speak about Monday. So, but anyway, feel free to contact me there.
0: Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that, Eduardo. Have
1: you enjoyed the experience? Yeah, man. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me, man.
0: Incredible. Incredible. So to anyone who's been listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, first and foremost, please be sure to make sure you hit that like button comment, share, and subscribe this episode. And again, if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms, please be sure to take a couple of moments to leave us a five-star review. Lastly, EliteLevel.co, that's EliteLevel.co for our newsletter. And as we've spoken about today, GiveMonday.com a trial. I've been using it for several weeks now, having a fantastic experience. So well worth you doing the same. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.